about more than just research. It's about community, too. Right? See you in the community. What's going on this weekend? The last time we met, we talked to... Well, last time I talked to the people from downtown. What was the last movie you went to? Miguel, what's new? Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Welcome to another episode of the Community Board Podcast with your host Miguel Valdez. And today I'm here with my friend Dave Bill. Dave, how you doing? Pretty good. Good to see you. Yeah. Dave, how long have we met each other? Probably, I think I met you like... 2003, when you used to work at the... the United Way, so it's probably, about, probably 06, something like that. Yeah. yeah. How many years did you work at? I was Homestead there for about eight, I, was, uh, I was at United Way for about eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so today, I was glad to move, run into you in a, uh, in a meeting in the morning for a coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, you shared with the group uh, about an uh, event that's coming up. Yes. And... I really thought that that topic, the information that you shared was really good, and I'm glad that you agreed to share with the rest of the community uh, about this thing that uh, is happening across the country, I think. It's not just the aging program, the aging population, but I think in Olmsted County is, is one of the, at least in Minnesota, one of the counties with the uh, biggest problem coming up well, with the it's, aging. It's... Um, I don't know if I want to describe it as a problem, but but it's no, it's um, the, uh, the senior population is growing worldwide. Uh, we're living longer and healthier lives in, in many places, uh, and we're just uh, so the uh, number of people over sixty-five is is increasing. Uh, it's increasing uh, certainly worldwide and in the state of Minnesota, and apparently uh, it's increasing fastest. Uh, in Olmstead County, so we've got we've got growth all over the county, and the, the right now the greatest growth in the senior population is in Olmstead County. How would you describe Olmstead County for if somebody is listening to this podcast outside of Minnesota, or even if somebody from Minnesota if they're not familiar with Southeast? Mm-hmm. In I this d- case, with Olmstead County, how would I describe the county? Yeah, paint the picture for everybody so they know, or or also where Rochester is located in Olmstead County. Uh, in terms of uh, seniors, population, Popula- uh, uh, terrain, you okay? Just give me your best <laughs> shot. Well, um, I'm told that in in this uh, state of 10,000 lakes, uh, we're the only county without one <laughs> natural lake. So, uh, Olmstead County is um, largely agricultural. Um, there's a lot of farmland. Uh, if you get out of the city limits of Rochester, it's corn and soybeans and those things. But of course, uh, Rochester is most uh, famous for uh, Mayo Clinic. So you've got this real contrast in, in this part uh, in Olmstead County of, um, of a very high-tech uh, uh, health industry and other kinds of growth going on, other kinds of development and technology and, uh, and uh, a lot of entrepreneurship uh, connected with uh, medical care uh, and, of course, the Mayo Clinic. But you also have uh, – and IBM is here, uh, has been for a while. Uh, but then outside the city limits um, – we're about an hour and a half south of Minneapolis-St. Paul, which would be a, a large city. Uh, so there's not a lot of large cities around us. But you get outside the city limits, and it's, uh, it's agriculture, it's farms, it's small towns. And like you say, with the changes coming to this community, can you describe what are those? Well, in, ter- in terms of the demographics, what, uh, what we're seeing, uh, as we sort of opened with, is that um, uh, 
forever. And this is, and basically this is the first time it's happened in history, recorded history. But forever, basically, you have a large, your, your greatest population is sort of in children and younger adults. And it, it's shaped almost like a pyramid, is that the older people get, the much fewer they are. And so uh, you had a pyramid, mm-hmm. big, strong base of, of young adults, children, and then as you reach middle age and seniors, uh, it tapered off fairly quickly. Um, the trend now is looking more like a column, where you've got distribution uh, all across these ages. Um, in Olmstead County, the greatest number, uh, the greatest uh, portion of the population is still younger, like in the 20s and 30s. Uh, but the next largest is in the senior population, 65 and older, and that's what's growing. So, but the distribution is much more even now, so it begins to look more like a, a column than, than a pyramid. Okay. And um, what are the, some of the biggest needs with those po- with that population? Well, with um, one of it, it's just across the board, uh, and and this is one of the things that um, we need to begin to look at is just what this means, uh, since it is unprecedented. It's not quite clear what it what it means, um, but certainly you see. Uh, I mean, one of the big issues that we're talking about uh, locally, and again, this is not unique to Rochester, is affordable housing and the availability of housing. Uh, well, the way it affects uh, young professionals and workforce and people trying to get their first home or first resident, it also impacts uh, seniors. So for example, and this is mainly anecdotal evidence, but if you sit in a conversation about affordable housing, uh, pretty quickly someone who is retiring or nearing retirement where in the past you would kind of downsize. You might sell that home, your empty nester. You don't need that room that you used to have, that amount of space, so you sell the home and move into something smaller. Well, what what, uh, people are finding is that if they sell their home, they can't afford anything smaller. So like moving into a townhouse or senior residence center can be very expensive. So we have a lot of seniors who are staying in their homes, uh, some by choice, uh, and want to live independently in their homes for as long as possible. And there are a lot of benefits to that, one economic, but there are a lot of benefits to that in terms of health and welfare and happiness. But there are some seniors who are st- they're stuck. They're stuck there. They don't, they don't have the option of downsizing even if they wanted to. Uh, they still, so they still might want to live independently, but they might want to live in, in a smaller residence or maybe in, in a residential community where some of their needs are taken care of, but they can't do that. So you've got uh, seniors who need um, assistance in living independently because as they get older, the kinds of things you just need to do around the house to be able to maintain the house and live safely become uh, more of a challenge. Uh, and like I said, some are doing that by choice. Some are doing that because their options uh, for moving into uh, some other kind of arrangement are, are very limited. And um, and so today you have a uh, you brought us um, some information for an event that is coming up. Can you describe a little bit what is that event about? Sure. What a, a few years ago, yeah. before um, uh, the destination medical center legislation kind of. Uh, became apparent and our conversations uh, went in that direction. Right about that same time, so this had been around 2013, 2012, um, the state demographer at the time was actually going around the state with a presentation and he was in Rochester twice uh, talking about this demographic shift. Uh, It had, and basically he was doing it at that time because the leading edge of the baby boom was sort of beginning to hit 65. 
and that's sort of where the leading edge is. And so we started to have in Rochester, we were beginning to have a conversation about And when what, we say the leading edge, meaning the, the end of that generation? The beginning, the oh, beginning the, of the baby boom kind of entering retirement okay. was, was around that time. Um, and so uh, we were beginning to have a conversation around, well, what's that mean? Uh, what kind of impact uh, does it mean for social services, um, uh, for other kinds of services and, and livability in, in our community uh, are the way, uh, mainly at that point, people were sort of beginning to understand the sheer size of that new population was going to put a real strain on, on the current services and probably would uh, begin to uh, sort of force us to kind of relook at how those services get provided and how we accommodate um, uh, an older population because it just becomes too expensive. Um, and then that kind of that conversation kind of went away because our attention went someplace else. Uh, and mine as well. I mean, a lot of people just sort of that dropped out of the conversation, which was kind of surprising. Um, but the a lot of the conversation now around economic development and growth and, and planning and the kinds of conversations we're having a lot of now in Rochester uh, kind of focused on millennials and workforce. And, Retention. Yeah. Of. So how do you attract them? Yeah. What, what, are, what are their needs? Um, and, um, and a lot of good reasons for that. So I'm, it's not a complaint to, to point that mm -hmm. out. But what kind of dropped out was, um, you know, we, it's not like seniors are going away. Uh, uh, being a senior is in everybody's future. Um, and, and, how, and, and, and given the – and we've always had a large senior population, many of them attracted here to be close to Mayo, people – will retire and move to Olmstead, Olmstead County or Rochester to be close to Mayo and the kind of services Mayo provides. The kind of patients that Mayo tends to attract or want to attract are kind of people with complex complex needs and some of those need uh, often tend to be elderly. So we've got that population in town too. So it was kind of interesting that we weren't looking at that. Um, so I think what we're, uh, what the, what's happening now is we kind of want to put that lens uh, back on on the conversations we're having, um, a lot of the concerns that senior have seniors have, and a lot of uh, uh, issues that seniors are going to have to face, and will have to face as a community, are the same sorts of issues that we're facing and talking about already. Already mentioned housing, transportation will be one. Uh, how do you how do people uh, stay engaged? So there are some kinds of um, issues that are unique to seniors, like uh, how uh, helping. Seniors manage to live independently, safely, um, which is not necessarily a concern of a young adult or a young workforce. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of the issues are the same. And um, don't ask me to cite the study. I'm going to talk this off the top of my head. But if, you, if you, there are conversations around, say, urban planning and the, and those kinds of issues that suggest that if you if you design and build for seniors, you've designed and built a good city. So the sorts of things that you'd want to have available in terms of walkability, uh, access to uh, food, so you don't have these food deserts, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, ways for people to stay engaged and participate in community life and making that more available, access to services, uh, housing, transportation, transit. Uh, if, you're, if you're accommodating the needs of seniors and providing uh, a livable community for them, you've provided a livable community for, or for people of all, for all ages. So. So the issues aren't really different um, in terms of the conversation we've been having, but the, this kind of lens and looking at those, uh, also adding seniors into that kind of uh, conversation, I think is what we hope to kind of change. So. And how the 
what can people expect from this event coming okay. up? Yeah, the event is something that uh, we've been at Family Service Rochester. We're working with uh, the First Presbyterian Church Social Concerns Committee, and they ha they have a series of forums they call Forums at First, um, and this would be their tenth one. And uh, uh, this forum coming up is called they've titled it After the Boom. Are we ready for aging in Olmstead County? And it'll be on Tuesday, uh, August 29th from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church here in town in Rochester. That's at 512 3rd Street Southwest. Uh, and uh, we have basically we're gonna, it's going to be a, a, a panel um, to kind of describe what uh, remind us of this demographic shift. So the current uh, state demographer will be there. It's Dr. Susan Brower. To kind of talk about uh, that, and and also then we have several people from uh, public health services or community services at the county, like uh, mm -hmm. Dan Jensen, who's the associate director of public health services, uh, Megan Riddler, who's the community health integration specialist, Emily Tees, who's the director of adult family and family services, and they can also talk about the, the general issues and services and where the growing needs are and what the, kind of the impact is. And then um, the executive director of Family Service Rochester, Scott Maloney, will also talk, uh, uh, speak to that issue. We've got, uh, we've got some services that we provide for seniors, and so he can kind of bring that perspective. But there's also a network of uh, organizations and initiatives around town to try to meet the needs of seniors. So, um, I see that you have some uh, some data in there. What what do you brought? Yeah, well, one of the things that, uh, and and this is this is the kind of information we hope to put uh, uh, provide people at, at this forum. Uh, another organization that uh, I'm involved with uh, that some people may be familiar with is In the City for Good, and at our last uh, forum we had um, a couple of people from county and uh, county planning to give us a presentation on a variety of issues, and they were already uh, talking about. Uh, this shift. Uh, but for example, um, even though um, uh, 20 to 30 year olds are still the, the largest portion of the population, uh, just to give you a sense of uh, the kind of change that we're expecting in households that are age 65 or older, mm -hmm. where the head of the household is age 65 or older, they are anticipating a 124% increase between wow. uh, by 2035. And in households where uh, someone is 65 or older and living alone, the increase is expected to be 136 percent. So by uh, so the the, the change the we'll, we'll have literally like uh, in, uh, 13 almost 14,000 households in the city where uh, the head of the household is 65 years or older, and uh, the the census information. Um, uh, says that basically currently the last census had 13% of the uh, population in Rochester was our seniors and 28% of those seniors were living alone. 6% um, uh, of the households have incomes less than $10,000. 21% have incomes of less than $20,000. 18% of our seniors, people age 64 and older, are on food stamps, receive food stamps. Um, the median uh, income for senior households is uh, like forty-two thousand uh, dollars, and I believe uh, the median for the county is around sixty something now. So, uh, 
as we grow older, you know, our incomes, we're on, we're on fixed incomes. Um, and so our ability to kind of maybe try to improve that or to, to deal with increases that happen become more challenging. So seniors are much more likely to need access to the services that help uh, supplement those incomes. Um, so those are the kind of stresses that uh, we're looking at. And uh, do you grow up here in Minnesota? No, I grew up in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Okay. And this is a question. So when you were growing up, do you remember seniors? Um, was the industry of uh, assisting living mm -hmm. as prolific as today? You know, I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. When I was growing up, we. Uh, um, Well, when I was growing up, we called them nursing homes. <laughs> okay. we, and that and that's where, uh, I mean, when you're growing up, you go, well, when one, someone gets, and this is the perspective of, of a child, mm -hmm. someone gets old, they get sick, they need to go, and the nursing home was sort of like the hospital. Uh, and I don't recall any of the residential programs where people are still mobile and healthy, but they, they, they choose, they're able to um, live someplace where certain kinds of things like meals and yard work and all that stuff are kind of provided for them. Uh, I, don't rem I don't remember those when I was growing up. Uh, there certainly is a, a growth in that uh, around the country and in Rochester, but they tend to be expensive. Yeah, they tend I mean, to be very expensive. Do you have an idea where is the range? Well, I I haven't I haven't done I I what I've heard is that on average uh, they're forty thousand dollars a year, but I know at one local uh, residential center like that I was just at curious and uh, and I don't know um, how representative it is, but it was like uh, over three thousand dollars a month. Now they do provide it's not just rent they provide some other services, but that's still pretty probably out of the range of a lot of a lot of folks to be able to move into those uh, uh, situations. I know, and, and I've seen a lot of being built, other, mm -hmm. but they look pretty fancy. Yeah, they can, they can be, and and like I said, I mean, one of the one of the issues that people are having that that sort of a house, it's I mean, it's a housing issue to some extent. I mean, one of the stresses we have on housing is that in the past, as uh, uh, your family situation changed, kids moved away, you did need that amount of square footage or space. An, an older couple might move out of that house and that house come to something smaller and then house, that house comes back on the market for someone else to move into. Whereas people are finding it less uh, affordable to move out of that house into something smaller, that house doesn't go back on the market. It stays, it stays with that owner. So it doesn't free up, uh, free up that stock for other people to move into. Um, so that becomes a stress, a pressure for a lot of different, uh, from a lot of different directions. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Do you guys, um, uh, Family Service Rochester, that's the agency, agency that you work for and the mm -hmm. one who's collaborating mm -hmm. uh, with the First Presbyterian Church to put this event together. Uh, do you guys, uh, for individuals who are interested in, in this topic, And they're gonna make it. Are you guys gonna do like a live broadcast, like on Facebook, or any other platform? Since you know this day technology mm -hmm. allows to do that, and mm -hmm. I think once it's on on direct, once it's on the page, is yeah, you can share with other folks who are interested. Because again, like in this morning, we were in the meeting, and transportation issue comes, uh, yeah. and then you know because the topics that you guys are gonna be talking about is is. A lot of good information, like these questions. Who will 
how will the demographic shifts in the state and the county? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a lot of information there. That, that I think. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't believe at this time. And again, this is a form that's that's put on by the uh, the First Presbyterian Church. If there's any plan to uh, like stream it or to record mm-hmm. it in any way, uh, but if um, you want to help. Sure, I'll bring my phone. Uh, I, I, I don't think there'd be an objection to doing yeah. that. Uh, so if we can glad to set up and, and archive that for folks, that would be very useful to have. Yeah, especially since you have a really nice panel. Yeah, it, it, is, a, it is a good panel. And, we, um, I think and, having, and hopefully we have participants who are experiencing because they're, you and me, we're reading the, uh, data, yeah. information, but who's somebody who's living and giving a testimony of really how yeah the other things it has a lot of value yeah for policymakers yes to to be part of the conversation and we uh the the, the social concerns committee is doing a very good job of, of doing it of, of beginning to publicize the event but also doing direct outreach to like the the local the council county commissioners the state legislative delegation to try to bring policymakers and then um trying to get it out to their list of churches um, and, and other faith communities. And then um, it's, I mean, it's, it is open to the public. So yeah. And this one is, it's not faith related. Anybody can come. And oh yeah. It's, it's open to the public. Okay. So we're going to repeat here. The date is Tuesday, August 29 at 7 PM, 7 to 8 30. Mm-hmm. Our first Presbyterian church. Uh, number is 512. Third Street, Southwest, Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, can you describe a little bit uh, family services? Sure. Rochester for uh, everybody. Let me just focus in on a program we have at Family Service Rochester called Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Um, and that's part of a, of a uh, we do Neighbors Helping Neighbors, and we also in Rochester do Meals on Wheels. And both of those programs are programs that help seniors um, and, and actually we do um, uh, serve people with disabilities, but uh, stay independent in their homes. Meals on Wheels, most people are familiar with. It's, uh, we, and in Rochester, we're able to deliver um, a noon meal seven days a week, 365 days a year. So seniors in the program get a nutritious meal um, and uh, it's prepared locally. And they also get sort of a daily check-in because when the person comes to deliver the meal, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a way to, to sort out. Uh, it helps with the help. Uh, yeah, so they get that. The other, the Neighbors Helping Neighbors program is, uh, is a program that, that's uh, becoming more and more common where we provide uh, and largely rely on volunteers to provide seniors, uh, lend them a hand in doing uh, household chores um, on the outside, um, lawn mowing, um, uh, yard cleanup, um, some uh, we, we do a lot of uh, washing, power washing of, of siding. Uh, sometimes some 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 light construction like ramps, uh, deck repair. So things around the house on the outside, weeding mm-hmm. that uh, people and need done. And this is a volunteer program. Also, uh, we we rely hope we rely mainly uh, as much as we possible on volunteers. So if somebody uh, wants to be involved, check oh, out sure. their website. Or check out family uh, services. FamilyserviceRochester.org. Uh, and go to volunteer application. We do uh, then on the inside. It's uh, uh, we sort of talk about uh, uh, outside, inside, and by your side. And on the inside, we do a lot of some homemaking. Um, sometimes that's uh, we, under that we'd include like grocery shopping or transportation, but also some light housekeeping. 
Um, and then uh, do they collaborate with the fall prevention? From we do fall prevention, healthy uh, um, uh, um, home safety checks. Uh, so there's services like that. We don't provide medical care uh, or or health care, um, but we do provide uh, those kinds of services that allow people to live independently. We do uh, also we do provide companion services, assurance calls, um, visitations, those sorts of. Uh, services as well. Do you guys are involved with uh, some of those um, groups where they bring the therapy dogs and or pets? You know, have you had some of them? We don't. We don't. I don't know that we do. Oh, that uh, but there, but, but uh, we. Are, I certainly need to acknowledge we're part of a network of services. I mean, for example, I don't, I'm going. I don't want to start naming them off because I'll leave people out. But yeah. for example, there's Elder Network in town that provides medical transportation and and some other kinds of services. Um, but um, we do work uh, with the county on providing those services. Uh, they're available. They're not free. They're available for a fee, but many it's on a sliding scale. Many people are uh, are, are wavered from those fees. Um, but it's a way, it, it, it's sort of beginning to address, and the reason these are becoming increasingly uh, 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 visible and, and needed in communities is, is the, the necessity uh, and the desire for people to stay and live independently. And, uh, and though a lot of adults, uh, senior adults, may have uh, caregivers, family, for example, or friends or neighbors, some do not. There's a category, I don't know if, I, if this is a good phrase or not, but it's a phrase that people use as a category called elder orphans. And these are folks who do not have uh, surviving family or family living nearby or who do not have uh, people living with them or uh, do not have a good social network anymore. And so they are literally disconnected from those kinds of support systems that uh, others might be able to depend on. So we, we work with uh, communities of faith. Uh, we uh, work with neighborhood associations, which, uh, which we have some strong ones in the city. Uh, and we're really trying, I mean, one way we can respond to this growing demand is for us to sort of begin to uh, uh, look out for each other and look after each other. And that's why we call it Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Helping neighbors. Okay. And we're always in the looking, uh, looking for volunteers. Do you work particularly in that, in that um, program? Is that what I do? Yes, part of my role at, uh, in fact, my role at uh, Family Service Rochester, I'm uh, called a community resources specialist, and part of what I do is try to uh, uh, recruit volunteers and, and uh, build partnerships to help us provide uh, these, uh, to lend a hand, and then to also kind of raise the issues that this forum's raising uh, in August around what the needs are and, and what we need to do as a, a community to kind of respond to them. If it's okay with you, I'm going to be sharing your information sure. in case the volunteers want to get in contact they with should. you, learn about the programs that you guys yeah. offer. and Yeah, they can uh, certainly, we, we, the website, familyserviceRochester.org, will give you some information about other programs at Family Service Rochester, but also uh, 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 this Right at Home Solutions, Neighbors Helping Neighbors, Meals on Wheels. And uh, right at the top, you'll see a place where you can uh, apply to be a volunteer. Uh, we're going to have a new a tool coming up uh, in August, an, an online tool that will make it, we think, easier for people to see what the opportunities are and to sign up for those opportunities. Um, we do need People do need to apply. There is sort of a registration process, and because we deal with vulnerable populations, and one of the services, actually, that seniors like us to provide is we do background checks because if you're going to show up to my house to do something, I want to know that someone's yeah. going to check you out. But once you do that, and those are very quick, then basically um, we have a lot of opportunities for people to get involved. They're very flexible, a lot of different kinds of, of work. As a volunteer, what age 
Do you guys? Uh, eighteen. Generally, it's eighteen or older. Okay. Um, uh, sometimes, but for some of the of the work, like like say lawn care or snow shoveling, down to sixteen. Um, and but we do have opportunities where, where uh, if uh, a family wants to do it and they have younger children, uh, we don't rule that out. Um, but generally, it's a 16 or at least 16 or older, and and for many of the, the opportunities, 18 or older. If a church group wants to help out, do you need just like a one contact person? You're absolutely, yep. Bring a group. Good on you. <laughs> yeah, uh, what we do, and and we do have opportunities for groups, uh, and and oh, a lot of faith okay. communities uh, provide those, um, and other kinds of civic organizations, and of course, a, a lot of the businesses in town like to provide those opportunities for employees. Uh, and generally, uh, we have a, a contact either at that at that location that, that coord- helps us coordinate that. Uh, but if it's if it's a group, we only need one of those members of the group to have been registered and have the background check. So as long as one member of the group the contact. has that contact, that's that's good for us. Great. Well, we learned a lot about the services that you guys provide. Yeah. Anything else? Dave, the, would you like to share besides the event coming up on August 29 again at the first Presbyterian Church? Yeah, I, 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 we hope that this forms kind of a beginning of a. Like I said, we we were beginning to have this conversation a few years back, and we just kind of got sidetracked by other uh, by other concerns. So I hope this is sort of a reintroduction of these issues in the community and the beginning of, of a conversation. There's certainly a growing interest now in in and the in population. This, yes, uh, and part of that is. Um, uh, we're also beginning to look at, and this is, uh, again, I'm, uh, something else I'm associated with called In the City for Good, uh, is uh, beginning to work with uh, ARP on something called uh, the Network for Age-Friendly Communities. That's what AARP means? Yeah. Well, AARP is the American Association of Retired Persons, people. Okay. There we go. Most people know it as AARP. Okay. Um, but uh, the, the World Health Organization actually had, had sort of initiated this several years ago, and Bill, it's an international network of what they call age-friendly cities, and in the United States, AARP has kind okay. of partnered with that. And basically, it uh, it it is a it is a way to draw attention to those kinds of characteristics of a community that helps support aging. So different levels, and then you get yeah. to that recognition, and um, it, and sort of you sort of sign on and kind of commit to doing this, and then you sort of as a community worked uh, in those areas where you can provide uh, uh, better services or make sure that uh, uh, the community you're living in is a community that is friendly to all ages. Um, and uh, you know, and how's Rochester doing? Actually, that? you know, Rochester, as in a lot of areas, Rochester is not a bad place to get old. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's uh, one of it's made lists for uh, uh, friendly uh, cities that are good for aging, um, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. The AARP um, and um, a Public Policy Institute has ranked a lot. It looked at a lot of cities, uh, looked at the indica- indicators for a lot of cities, and for Rochester, rates are very well, very highly in terms of that. Uh, but we write highly in terms of a lot of things. But I think what we've realized as a community is that, that you don't rest on those laurels, um, that you need to maintain that level, uh, and that takes a kind of ongoing vigilance. And, and there's always room for improvement. Okay. Well, Dave, thank you again for all the work that you do and, uh, and for agreeing to be part of this podcast. And uh, we're going to do everything possible to do the broadcast. We're in the iPad, we're in iPhone or something, a phone, 
to make sure we broadcast and then uh like i said because this is hopefully everybody make it yeah to yeah. be senior and appreciate this uh opportunity the fact that we set this up this morning yeah no that's sometimes you're very nimble better. yeah so again i want to invite everybody to follow us on twitter on their community board also on pages on facebook find us on their community board Go on iTunes on their community board podcast, on SoundCloud also on their community board podcast. And uh, make sure to contact us if you have information that you want to share with the community. And uh, we have the doors open for you. And we'll make sure that we share your information. All right, Dave, let's go outside. And this is, did it stop raining? Where you're in the tunnels? Anyways, all right. Thank you and bye bye. Well, depends who you talk if you talk to the people from the board. Why did the yogurt go to the art museum? Did you see in the news? To get more culture.